Welcome to the 202020 Mastery Mission, The Stories. In this part two recording, we welcome back our guests to share war stories and bake in the concepts covered in their mastery session. Concepts are great, but everyone loves a story, exclusive to hunters and unicorns. The 202020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 2020 Mastery Mission. In this bonus recording, we welcome back Thea Mays to expand on some of the concepts that we covered in the first session. So Thea, thank you so much for joining us. In the first session, we spoke a lot about how your sporting background has really helped you from a career perspective in terms of your, your success in tech sales. In this session, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about some kind of key wins from a, from a deal perspective and how, again, these principles, you've been able to really um, use the sporting principles to help you conquer you know, some large major wins. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to tell you about it today, actually. So I guess where I'd take this back to, you know when you get your, your new account list at the beginning of the year, and it's normally January, and January feels very slow, like you're going backwards to go forwards because you've got to go through your new patch, your new territory, you've got to think, who am I going after? So I did the classic thing of, there was one big name on that list that was a prospect that we had no, no one to go after. But in my head, I was like, it's got to be that one. That's the one that I want. That's the name. That's the one on the list. So you start by doing your vetoes. You'll, um, you make sure that you are prepared. So you start thinking about, what do I know about them? What's available online? Who do I know that if anybody? Do I have any LinkedIn connections? Same thing when I was looking for a club, right? When I was really thinking about where I wanted to go, you do your background and you do your due diligence to figure out what's important to this company. So eventually I've sort of found a two or three, four people on a on an account map, a stakeholder map, who I think are relevant of a reasonable seniority, maybe not EB level, but definitely where you want to be in terms of a champion. So the methodology that I always have when going into this is you start your vetoes yourself, you get your SDR to back up your vetoes, and then you find a partner who can really support you with that. It makes you a little bit less annoying if it's not just you messaging every other day or every other week, right? And this is the beauty of having partnerships and having your SDR supporting you. So we always do like a sort of a back-to-back -back each week. I'll do a Monday, my SDR will do a Friday follow-up, and then the following week you get the partner to follow up. Similar messaging. Typically, after quite a few hits, what you start to find is that eventually they'll start clicking through onto your website and you'll start getting leads in on it. This is my preparation for trying to find my big fish, my veto here. Once you eventually do get into that person because you've found the right terminology or you've really thought about what's important to them, you can start crafting your message, preparing to present to them. And the way we would call it is our first is a discovery meeting, right? It's trying to get them to talk as much as humanly possible. And obviously for a salesperson, A, our favorite thing to do is talk about ourselves. So that's not a natural inflection point. You've got to listen. <laughs> and, but, you know, again, from my background, it's about really taking note of what's important to them and what I can do better to help fix them. What are the challenges that they're overcoming and how can I be the you know the extraordinary salesperson or the elite salesperson who can solve that so eventually after a few discovery meetings we really found a hook of 
some challenges that this particular company was trying to overcome. And so now it's about, again, bringing in my support system and being prepared to really start telling them about what we can do as a company to try and fix these challenges. You know, my bosses will tell you I am not the most technical person. So I, while I totally get what we do, you're not going to see me up there doing demos any day soon. <laughs> so by this point, it's about, do you have the right level of sponsorship within the account to start showing them and presenting to them about the tech? If I distill this, within a sporting analogy, right, this is like you're the quarterback, as the Americans would say, and you have to get everybody else to play the game. So everything has to be really regimented and really organized. Your agenda has to be shared, I would say, at least a week in advance, be prepared have you ran this through all the people who are going to be on the call so they know everything that they should be saying doing every sort of point needs to be orchestrated and this is like preparation to the big get like to your big day to getting on stage do you know where all your all your things are have you got your chalk that you need to bring have you got your hand wraps like i even used to tape my fingers like with tape i guess so that my fingers were slightly longer so like my hook grip would be better every single detail that you have to think about needs to be ready for your meeting and when you're in your meeting you need to have your outcome your close is it that you want to come first place is it that you want to qualify is it that you just want to get to the next person in that food chain it actually went really well we realized that the timing was right we were in a really good position to solve challenges and, and answer some of their problems and we were in at the right sort of level to really build these guys into solid champions i think one of my big strengths that i've always had is champion building I know that for a lot of people this can be quite difficult but genuinely people want to help you if you're offering to help them and if you're kind and if you listen if you're diligent you're not a time waster basically and I do find as well that going in person makes a massive difference I think that had I been doing Olympic lifting or boxing during the pandemic maybe life would have been quite difficult um you know how do you make changes when you're on zoom I guess yeah. it's pretty tough right but lots of people created these huge like sporting businesses from doing wellness and yoga and Pilates over Zoom. So, you know, making sure that you tweak it to be incredible. And at that point is then when do you bring in your own coach, your own executive sponsor? Not every personality is right for you to bring into a deal. And it's the same thing with when you're teaching yourself or when you're learning to be better at sports. You should have a multitude of people that you can go to and you can ask because you think that they are the right fit for this specific situation. You're not going to go to a triathlete coach to teach you how to squat better. But when I was like boxing, I needed to get better lung capacity and I really couldn't breathe when I was running. I was just doing, you know, massive intakes. And so I had a triathlete coach who really helped me. When I wanted to like really trim down um, pre-pandemic, I got myself a coach who used to be a bodybuilder. Same thing for this deal, right? So I made sure that I found that my boss was engaged and that also we had a great executive sponsor who wasn't just technical, but could also um, talk about like future strategy for different accounts within a verticalized industry, which was pretty key. When I really started to see the deal move was when I started creating like more of a mutual close plan. But I'd say, this was like a long-term mutual close plan, right? It was a really long working document that I made sure at the beginning of every like key weekly update status meeting that we had with them, that I went through everything. The paper process that comes at the end, and typically this is like your 
last sale, last bit of the sale, right? The fun bit. But you will always find that the paper process changes. You know, everyone's like, okay, well, once I've got the order form, then it goes to them via DocuSign, then someone signs it, and then two days later, my PO comes. No, it doesn't mm-hmm. happen like that. Same thing with competing. You, you have to mentally imagine your outcome and know what the outcome looks like. That's your big end goal. But to get there, it's, it's a multitude of different sins. And I think perseverance, overcoming and conquering a lot of those questions and dealing with setbacks has made, this, like, made these deals, and this deal specifically, like, really interesting. Like halfway through the mid, like maybe to, like halfway through the end of this deal, we had a massive change of process. They implemented um, some new regulations that nobody had ever worked with and nobody had ever heard of, which meant that maybe ten new people from within that organisation had to be involved to get this pushed through. That obviously slows you down. It can be very frustrating. You can't do it by yourself, and. You have to really start asking people the important questions about timelines, timeframes, but also how you can help them to do this easier. Most of the time, people will tell you you can't help them. And then you have to go back again and again and say, look, I'm here. I'm listening. Please tell me how this works. Maybe I'm stupid. But the sporting background really makes you just keep going. That is, to me, the most fun bit of an entire deal, right? It's the bit where you can sort of see yourself coming to the top of the hill and you think, oh my God, like I could win this. I could really be excellent here, but there's just constantly things coming at you. And also your brain, you mentally think this is unachievable. And for me, it was doing one deal in that year that did my whole number. And then you just have to really think about the commission at the end of that. That's like the the ultimate bonus, right? (laughs) So the validation piece that you speak about, I think, you know, drawing to similarities with the validations of when you're ready to enter that competition and when you're ready for that big fight, whatever it is, that event. Where does that validation come from? I think it starts with you and then it starts with you asking. Again, it's double checking everything, being super paranoid about you doing the right thing and not just doing it off the cuff either. So don't be a time waster. Continue to ask people for help. Bring in your extended team because you're not the first person to create this. You're not the first person to win a medal. You're not, you know, people have done this in their tracks before. But what happens is that people get better over time at helping you with it and start making you look at things slightly differently. I had it yesterday when when I was trying to go through why we weren't getting further into this account. And I just realized that we've probably been going after the wrong people. The bigger the monolith, the more people, the easier it is to get stuck in a rabbit hole. And so during that January, when I really started to think this is the account that I want, it probably wasn't the right way to go about choosing that deal, but I was very fortunate that it turned into it. What I should have done and what I learned to do since then is, you know, really distill my target market, to be completely frank. Just because it's got the biggest brand name doesn't mean that that's the right account to go after. But, you know, I listened, I learned... I created traction, I created momentum, and I made sure that other people were on the hook for that momentum as well. How important is it to be present within your deal? What I mean by that is, you know, I suppose in competition, when you're when you're kind of from a sporting, you can't just exist and go with the flow. You kind of have to reflect constantly and know exactly where you are. So, again, what are the parallels, and how does being present in your deal really help you? 
I mean, you've got to be present in everyday life, right? But passion and being present within your deal means that you are going to be more successful. Everything you read about manifestation, whether you believe in that or not, you have to know what your outcome of this deal is. And that's not just, oh, I want it to be a million dollars. What comes after that? What kind of relationships do you want to leave with? I always actually think about if I was to leave this company tomorrow, would I be able to go back into that customer and resell to them because I've done such an excellent job? That's how I always think about it. And it's the same with sport. I don't want to be laughed off the stage or people to think she's embarrassed herself because she hasn't done as well as she could do this time. So that's what's most important for me in the deal. And being present and being respectful and, and making sure that you've done everything to the best of your ability or reflected upon what you've learned, that's key. Yeah. Obviously, we don't win everything, right? We'd like to. But, you know, is there a mindset? Is there something or an analogy within sporting and your sporting background that helps you deal with that rejection and helps you deal with the loss? I mean, I think I said it earlier, but getting punched in the face really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> being knocked out being sucks knocked even more. Being knocked out sucks even more. Getting, you know, hurting yourself from it. But uh, trust me, once you've had been hit in the face like that, you're, you're going to get out of the way a lot quicker the second time around. Yeah. When I think about the adding one kg to the bar and I'm like, why can't I put that over my head? It's one kg more. And I, genuinely, I think that's a mindset. That's I've created that monster in my head. So I, I'm not over trying to overachieve here. I've just told myself. I had a really bad accident um, at lifting. It must have been over 10 years ago now when um, I, I did a clean and I dropped it through my hand and it totally, um, my hand just, it went straight through my hand at about 80 kg. And I was in plaster and my hand still isn't quite the same today, right? But for ages, I could not put 80 kg on the bar. So my coach always had me put 79 and then 81, and that was fine. But 80 was like this mental mind block. I just associated it with really hurting myself. So that shows you the mentality of it. I did eventually talk to like a sports psychologist about it who, you know, really talks you through that frame of mind. And this is the benefit of having internal and external coaches within your deal, right? The mindset. If you start thinking that one thing's going to go wrong and that possibly you've done something wrong, you have to acknowledge it, and then you go and find people to talk to about it, to talk through multiple ways that you could fix that issue. Incredible. In, in terms of kind of, again, looking at the, the, the data from a, you know, when, when you're, you know, in sport, you're obviously looking at data, you're looking, you know, you're measuring yourself, whether it's, you know, your own personal kind of KPIs, and then you've obviously got kind of sales, not necessarily just the KPIs, but in terms of really knowing where you are in that deal cycle, how is that kind of interventions, really knowing where you are and what you need to kind of tackle to kind of navigate? How, how What's the parallels between the two? I mean, you've got to love a spreadsheet. Like, it's so I track all of my training, Having an Apple Watch is actually really super helpful for a lot of your steps and stuff, right? But you have your baseline of everything that you have to do on a weekly or daily or you know monthly basis. Same with your deal, same with sales. There are just non-negotiables that you have to get done to have a basic standard of excellence. And then everything on top of that needs to be trackable and it needs to be uh, communicatable to different people as well. You, you can't expect somebody to pick up your notes and be able to understand them. But if you've got a mutual close plan, you've got um, agreed metrics, you're running a POV, 
everything that you document and everything that you have written down needs to be so self-explanatory and so obvious that anybody can understand it. Yeah. Obviously in sport, people draw into, you know, the subject of, you know, marginal gains, right? Which is, you know, the smaller things. I think there's an interesting uh, tennis analogy with um, Federer. Federer, you know, he... No, Djokovic. Djokovic, where he... um, you know, increased in marginally in winning serves or winning points as he went through his career. But those marginal changes made significant changes to his life, whether that was through money or whether that was through winning competitions. But do you draw on and how can you draw on marginal gains in, in what you do? Uh, in Olympic lifting, we call it the Sinclair score, right? So you get weighed in before you compete and you have to be under your certain weight category. And that could even be like 0.10 of a gram. So I always had problems like typically getting into my weight category and you cut a couple of weeks before, but you couldn't cut so much that you were a weaker, less strong person. So you had to be very clever about it. And also once you weighed in, you can't just then go and binge eat because then you go into like a food coma. And um, the Sinclair score is like a, it's a basic statistic of the amount that you push your Um, Olympic total and then your weight so somebody could lift less than you but if they weigh slightly less than you they will actually come out higher than you you can look at that in terms of like a POC right same thing it's not just a holistic oh my speed and feed is quicker than yours there's a multitude of things that are really important to a business that are more than just a statistical number how well do you work with them and their team um, how much effort have you put in and what are the business outcomes that you've aligned to? What are the speeds and fees? Obviously very important. But also, how do you play that information back to them? You can't just flick over an email afterwards saying, oh, look at all these amazing things we've done. You really have to find those people and play back to them to be excellent. And that's, you know, every time that you do that, you get a little bit better and you think a little bit more about what's important. How do you make small tweaks that make like massive changes over time to a business? Is there any that you can think of in a deal that has, you know, had significant difference, may have had a significant difference? If you think about client retention, for example, if a customer has a 50% client retention and and a lower NPS score, even for them making a 1% increase over the years will be a huge monumental difference to them. And so that 1% is actually very achievable if you are making changes to the ways that they have currently automated or the ways that they have currently started doing business. It also won't mean like a huge amount of change development training that needs to happen because it's things that you as a team or you as Snowflake for this case can change and help them do. So going back to the the initial kind of deal, the example we were kind of um, talking about earlier, you know, were were there any kind of real, you you mentioned that there was kind of some, some challenges that happened what were the real kind of turning points and, and, and how were you able to really overcome to make sure that that deal didn't stall? Um, I've got to, like I've said it before, my strength is champion building. Within this account, I probably built really, two really key champions at a very, you know, at a good level. And when we think about champions, they've got to have access to power. They've got to um, be able to coach you on what's going on internally. And also they've got to advocate for Snowflake or for ServiceNow or whomever you're with. And within this, when I saw these challenges come up, I sent, I, I have a bit of a thing where I'll WhatsApp or I'll text my champions, 
just think it's less invasive and people can choose when they want to respond to yeah. you doesn't work for everybody but i whatsapp them and i was like i'm really worried about what's going on here can you please give me some guidance tell me to back off tell me who i need to call what do i need to do they rang and the, the feedback was immediately we're going to have an internal call about it today i will let you know what's going to happen and i think that if you get your executive sponsor so someone senior within your organization with a bit of pulling power to call and make those changes we can get this deal done by close a quarter doesn't always happen like that but in this case i built those champions so strong that they were on the hook it was going to make them famous this deal too i think this is a really kind of good place to to, to kind of draw you know draw a line and, and and again just reflect on you know it's an incredible story incredible journey that you've been on and i think really um helping us understand your mindset and your approach specifically you know within that deal process i think it's just so you know we've taken so much from that so again just want to say a massive thank you for, for spending the time with us today we've we've enjoyed having you in the studio so much and uh yeah it's been it's been truly truly great having you thanks guys it's been really good fun yeah well, as i said it's quite nice to actually do it in person for a change <laughs> yeah. absolutely, yeah, absolutely yeah. um yeah and i think for me i think it's quite interesting because i think we, we, we talk about sports here but I think if you look at anything that you do well, whether it's a hobby, whether it's playing chess, whether it's you know knitting, whatever that subject may be, you can relate in some way to that. If, even you know painting, right? If you're going to go and do painting, you don't just pick up a paintbrush and hope there's paints around you and stick paint on the thing and come up with a masterpiece, right? All of it's preparation. You know, you've got to think about your scene. You've got to think about all these different things. So I think, you know, for me you can draw to any of the sort of similarities and when you actually take that step back and analyze what it is that you're doing and how you can make it relative to whatever you're interested in then i think there's a, a really powerful you know conclusion on on what you can gain from that so tear you dear <laughs> had to do it once um it's been an absolute delight having you on the show i think people are going to have so take so much away from from what they've heard today. So big thank you to you for, for joining us. Well, and thanks for having me in Brighton, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, well, you're only around the corner. So to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. Please do like, share, and subscribe to the show. And we look forward to welcoming you back to another Mastery Session soon. Thank you very much. Have you enjoyed the session today? Please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? Click subscribe so you don't miss out. The 202020 Mastery Mission, The Stories, are brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out so muchsoap.com for more information.